0: Have I got a story for you? Perhaps you, like many of us, have been to a local circus gym performance, looked up at the stunning, strong, confident individual on the trapeze, and thought to yourself, could she tell me my future? But first, a word from today's sponsor, AndrePsyche.com. AndrePsyche.com is the cute, quaint corner store boutique with all sorts of neat and original merchandise you had no idea existed because the World Wide Web is just that wide and worldly. (laughs) Well, allow me to save you some time if you've been looking for something new and fresh. Just go to AndrePsyche.com and you're going to come across something that will speak to your soul that you have most likely never seen before. We're talking about every and anything you could want. Literature, clothing, paintings, prints, accessories, music, poetry, and, remember when I said anything you wanted, any custom gift that your soul desires. Andre, after all, is a freelance creator extraordinaire. So go to andrepsyche.com and just let your spirit guide you because each and every item has a story behind it that is speaking to you. Nothing is made. Everything is created on AndrePsyche.com. We are also brought to you by the Getting to Know You Pod. Please do us a favor. Wherever you pushed play, Spotify, Apple, take a moment right now and push the subscribe button. Maybe even rate, click a couple comments in the review section it would really go a long way in our quest to obtain advertisers and sponsorship. And if you haven't already, please friend and follow the podcast. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just all you got to do, just all you got to do. That was clunky. I apologize. All you have to do is search us up. It's getting the number two, no, the letter U pod. And finally, yes, we are looking for sponsors and or advertisers. If you or someone you know has a business or brand and would like to expand your market in a global capacity, please consider partnering with us. We get to know people from all around the world, and this podcast is downloaded in over 23 different countries and the majority of states in America. So, if you or someone you know again is looking to get more traffic to your site, more followers to your social, more purchases of your product, more clicks on your whatever. All you've got to do is message us. Our advertising rates are extremely reasonable and we would love to partner with you. And now, getting to know you.
1: Hello. Getting
2: to know you. Getting to
0: know all about
1: I'm gonna do a terrific show today.
0: Getting to like you, getting to hope you like me.
1: Because I'm good enough.
0: Getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely.
1: I'm smart enough.
0: You are precisely. And
2: doggone it.
0: On today's show, we are getting to know Taryn. Taryn, who is taking time, are you? all the way moved in, or are you still kind of like unpacking, moving in?
1: Oh, I'm sitting amongst boxes currently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Taryn is taking a break from unpacking, um, probably a welcomed break, because it's real easy to find an excuse to leave those boxes be.
2: <laughs> Correct.
0: Uh, well, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate you um figuring out the time to uh, make this happen.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because now I'm getting to the point where I just like cold email. I'm almost like, a, uh, like someone who's desperate at a bar for someone to take them home. And I'm just <laughs> going around being like, please, please, please. And it's not like I've, I haven't met great people. I met, I meet really interesting people, but I don't remember how I met them. So it's almost like I blacked out and I just start talking <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> And I can't remember how I came across, um, your profile or how we met, whether it was through Facebook or Instagram or something, but, um, the number one thing that popped to me that I was super interested in is the tarot, tarot reading.
1: Tarot. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Tarot. Yeah. So it's, you say a tarot, but it has a T at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it is, it's a
1: Yorkian. it was initially French, um, and it started as a just a card game, tarot, um, in the 1400s, oh. I believe, um, and then was later picked up as a practice for, for divination or fortune-telling or what have you. Um, but it's still ter- tarot, tarotchi, um, is a oh. playing card, a, a game in parts of Europe.
0: Oh, really? I never heard of tarotchi. Uh-huh. That sounds like it would be um, very close to seriachi like spicy a fun time
1: right <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah yeah so it is a um card game um playing card game as well
0: man it's something that's been really interesting talking to different people from um, all around about this um i would never gotten into the spiritual aspect never really delve dived delved into the thought process and kind of the history behind it and I'm um, listening to a bunch of people who come on and talk about this, uh, your spiritual connection and re- reincarnation and, uh, just time, the concept of time, not being what you think it is as straight line type stuff uh-huh. is, uh, so it's neat. It's neat to hear people who kn- know about this stuff and practice this stuff, talk about it. Um, so I'm looking forward, cause I haven't spoken to anybody who, um, de- if I have, we didn't talk about it. That deals with the tarot cards.
1: I love that. And my whole thing is, um, cause I've been a, a tarot reader for 15 years, um, on and off professionally and personally. Um, but now I, I have a business reading tarot and I do it entirely by donation because my whole shtick, my whole thing is, um, people are creating a Commercial industry around wellness, right? Around spirituality. And there's this whole Gwyneth Paltrow pay $1,500 for a soul cleansing kind mm. of movement that um, demands that you have the know and you have the money and what have you to be uh, spiritually aware.
0: You there? Yeah. Something happened. Um, you um, invoked Gwyneth Paltrow's name in vain, apparently, and the spirits did not like that, oh my. and they cut you off.
1: Because <laughs> I, I could still hear you. I, I, oh, really? <laughs> it was just like, nope, no more. You just shut it
0: down. Yeah, down no. I, yeah, right. I'm a really big fan, and I don't appreciate you speaking <laughs> about her that way.
1: <laughs> well, that's the end of this call. We're done here.
0: Um, let me. Well, let me just to but, reboot it and set the stage because that that's a great point. I didn't. Think about. Or I have not thought about the wellness aspect. Like people wouldn't stand if basic medicine the prices were increased and it was exclusive, right? Mm-hmm. So to think about that from a spiritual aspect or your or your your mental well being to um to charge so much. Wow, that, that's that's a great point.
1: Yeah, if you start to dig into, and there are a, a bunch of other podcasts that I've listened to about um, diving into and exposing, you know, the wellness industry. Um, but it is very, it's, it's gatekeeping to require people to have a certain amount of money or, um, be established where they can afford practices and services so they can be spiritually connected. Um, When really spirituality and connection and clarity and insight, which is all it really is, no matter what your belief system is, um, is for everybody, as it should be.
2: So my whole
1: system has been about uh, making sure that people who want or could benefit from tarot readings um, can get them,
0: you know. And are, so with COVID and everything, are you able to like do that on a zoom? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do really? um, video calls every day. I, I, I book throughout the day. I do video calls.
0: Um, I well, I people, was thinking, of, I'm sorry. And part of just for listener's sake, we cannot see each other. Um, I do these without video because it helps my bandwidth. So um, I tend to interject because we can't read body language. So I don't mean to cut you off. That's fine. Um, but I was just thinking, like, I would think having the person in front of you to almost like, and I don't know, get the vibe, get the spirit from them would matter. So that's why I was interested about the Zoom aspect, because you could be reading cards for someone who's physically thousands of miles away.
1: Uh huh. Uh huh. And there's some debate on that, but it really comes down to your belief system. So I always tell people that tarot works based on what you believe in. Um, So ultimately all it is, is a tool, right? We lay down cards. We interpret the uh, archetype, the symbol on the card in relation to the um, predetermined position. We lay it out in the layout um, and we interpret the meaning of that in relation to you. So, If you think, if you believe in God, spirit, the universe, what have you, and you think that it is a message led from that entity or your ancestors or wherever you think the message comes from, then it comes from there. If you believe in none of that and you think it is a random luck of the draw, then you still interpret the meanings of the cards and relate them to your life and it helps you look at things in a different way. So it's like a um, back alley therapy. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a way of looking at things differently. And no matter how you think you're led to that message, there's a message there. Um, so I believe that we're all connected. You know, we're all the same energy experiencing itself in subjective little human pockets. Right. Um, so I don't think the distance matters. I think the intention is what matters.
0: Wow. And I've spoken again to different people and they'll say the same thing, which is so weird to me because you just think gravity pulls things down. (laughs) There's a limit Uh to signal strength, right? We need cell phone towers in order to get reception and such. And it's so it's just hard to wrap my head around the fact that that energy can kind of get beyond Mm -hmm. those limitations, the physical limitations Uh that we know.
1: Yeah, I understand that. But I mean, I kind of look at it like...
0: And I'm not saying you're wrong or anything like that. I'm not trying to do a gotcha. I know that can be no, tough. I don't no, no, to no, no, by all that. means.
1: And if you feel the need to gotcha, by all means... Oh, no, I definitely But,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, no, that's fair. And, and disbelief is, is very valid. And like I said, if, if it's... If it all comes down to, you know, I believe in only what I see in front of me, then you see a deck of cards in front of you and you see um, imagery of that's why they use archetypes, big um, things that we all know, um, the hermit, the, the fool starting off on a fresh new journey and you relate those things to your life to look at your situation differently.
0: Just reflect um. back on it. Yeah. And now that like, and I keep just thinking about how does energy get there if you're not there. But if you think of electricity and like conducting, if everything is connected, you're kind of always connected to something in the world. So the energy would be able to flow. So it's Uh not just like a person to person thing. I guess it could be like person to floor, floor to ground, ground to water, water to land. And like, it could just go like that as well.
1: Um, And I look at it sort of like the collective consciousness, the cloud. You Ah, know what I mean? Um, So I am part of my consciousness as part of that bigger consciousness, and so is yours. So in that way, we're connected.
0: Got you. I like that. The collective consciousness cloud. Yeah, that's an Uh interesting way. Like you're just beaming up to a satellite, (laughs) getting the signal, (laughs) mixing it together.
1: I didn't even say your name this time.
0: I wonder what it is. Like you're literally just cutting off in the middle the phone call is still occurring. Like I can see it through a uh, FaceTime or uh, through Facebook that you're on, but I can't hear you.
1: And I'll be able to hear you the entire time. That's, I don't know. That's hmm. bizarre. Yeah. I didn't say your name and I won't again, won't invoke
0: praise be to
1: GP. My <laughs> apologies.
0: Yeah. I don't. I, um, I don't even remember at this point because I had to like make a little note about the, oh, yeah, the collective consciousness and like your thoughts go into this cloud. And then I was asking, has COVID kind of led to a bump in your business? Because people are seeking some more guidance of what to do.
1: So my business actually saw a reincarnation because of COVID, um, Like I said, I've been reading for 15 years. I've done events. I've done renaissance fairs, little things here and there. Um, I started a a Facebook page business doing readings a couple years ago um, alongside my day job at the time. Um, and did well. I got clients here and there. Um, Moved around, got another job, and in the midst of all this... I was like, well, let me push the the Facebook page again. Let me drum up some business again this way since my um, day job is kaput for coronavirus. So I've been at home um, and it the outpouring of support and people seeking their own kind of clarity is just kind of been this recipe for it to boom somehow.
0: Yeah. To me, that makes a a lot of sense. What was your uh, day job?
1: Um, So I have been working for a screen printing company. Um, We do like the uh, UNC branded goods for um, the sports and, and whatnot.
0: Oh, no way. So that's pretty big business, huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it was,
0: but when there are no
1: schools in business, there's no t-shirt printing. So we've just been chilling and I've just been meeting strangers on the internet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the way every good story starts. (laughs) Just been meeting strangers on the internet. I
1: love it. You know, you do what you do.
0: do. Right. And so then I didn't ask this, what got you into the um, tarot card reading?
1: I'm going to, again, say the cloud.
2: (laughs) Really? Just felt Um,
1: I really, I I don't know. It's been one of those things where I I posted a joke meme uh, about nine-year-old me being at the Scholastic Book Fair looking for tarot cards. Um, I just, I've always been drawn to, you know, what else is out there? How do things work? What's behind the scenes? And it's that seeking led me to, Um, divination, we'll call it, at an early age, fortune-telling, you know, how can we discern answers, what's uh, guiding those answers, Um, so when I was, let's see, I experienced my first reading when I was four years old, Um, not with professional tarot, but with playing cards, regular playing cards, people also read those. Really? Um, I didn't know that. uh Uh-huh. Yep, a friend of my mother's, an older gentleman, read her cards with a regular deck of cards. Um, I was four years old and I watched, I was fascinated. And, and everything he told her about her life came to fruition.
0: Um, and I was, then I was about to ask, do you actually remember what was read? Because that's one hell of a memory for a four year old.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I actually consulted with my mother about <laughs> it. I'm like, what did, like, what came to be? I just remember like, like the pretty kings and this man talking and, you know, the, the soothsayer, like, this is what's going to happen. This is how you affect it. And it was about her love life. And you know, she's going to meet um, the first king was going to you know, take care of her financially but not love her and then the next king would not have the money but would have the heart and this is how her her future would play out and it it, it really did play out that way for for whatever reason Um, but just the experience of seeing someone lay down cards and discerning something not tangible from that it was very magical to me. And it was my first experience of like real world. This is actual, this is magic. You know,
0: is it like a um, formula? Like, so King of hearts comes down and you're like, there's only one interpretation for the King of hearts or like, does it vary? And I, I don't, I'm actually not sure if you do it with the regular deck of cards, but th- that's what I started thinking. Like, is it okay? King of diamonds. That means uh someone's going to come into your life, your husband and give you money. King of hearts. He's going to love you, but he's broke.
1: (laughs) Kind of. So when you look at um, proper tarot, it is split into two categories. There's major arcana and there's minor arcana. Minor arcana is set up just like a a deck of playing cards. So there's four suits um, and it goes from ace to king. The suits are different. Um, So for tarot, it's usually wands, cups, Swords and pentacles or coins, um, and they pertain to different areas of your life. So cups would be like hearts, their relationships, their love, emotions, feelings, swords are the mind, their thought perception, um, pentacles, coins are about finances or your home life, your stability, the things that make you feel secure, um, wands are about action about movement about course about making things happen
0: no it did whatever just happened right there is exactly there was a sharp sound and you busted out again taryn
1: I don't know. It's not. It's not GP. It's got to be on your end because everything's nothing weirds happening over Yeah, there.
0: there was like a little sharp, um, like crackle, and I'm looking. It was like the three forty mark. The now I'm looking for patterns. The three forty mark, the eleven minute mark, and the seventeen mark. And I'm like, what's that? Like every six minutes, it's just going to make it a pain in the butt to hold a conversation. We'll power through. So yeah,
1: that's bizarre. But um, yeah, something funky's happening on your end.
0: Yeah. So wands, uh, swords. Coins, pinnacles, yep. and cups, actions. So, those are the four main parts of a tarot card reading mm-hmm. or category. So,
1: those would be the minor arcana, um, which are like a deck of cards. And then you have ace to king. So, the um, ace is the beginning. It's about potential, it's about getting started, you know, and the, the king is about being in control of, on top of, um, having authority over. Um, So though you look at the card itself and its meaning, um, the major arcana are all big archetypes. So the fool, the magician, the hermit, the lovers, um, and they all represent these big transitional moments in your life. Then you have a layout, a spread, so a predetermined, this is how I'm going to lay the cards out and each position is going to mean something. Um, so if you do a three card spread, you can go, this is past, this is present, this is future. So then you draw a card, laid in the past position, and it is the king of cups. So you say in the past, there was a connection to someone who um,
0: was controlling you.
1: Right. Yeah. What have you. Um, but you relate the position to the card, to the person and the combination kind of helps you pick apart what you're dealing with.
0: Do you, this probably a stupid question, like, um, shuffling. So I'm, I'm just immediately going to like a poker dealer or whatever, like shuffling the cards. Is, Is there an actual rituals, the wrong word I would assume, but is there a methodology to shuffling these cards prior to dealing them? Or it's just like, uh,
1: Um, so ritual would be a good word for a lot of people. Um, a Mm -hmm. lot of people do consider tarot and there are a lot of practices. Like there are people who tell you that you can't buy your own tarot deck. Someone has to gift it to you. That is one of the big, um, folklore things of tarot is that you can't buy your own deck. Someone has to give it to you so that Mm -hmm. they're, Um, good and knowledgeable energy is instilled into the deck when they give it to you and it gets you started on your tarot journey. Um, There are people that believe that you have to wrap your tarot deck in a cloth and sleep with it under your pillow. Mm -hmm. I think that's excessive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There are people who shuffle certain ways and do I shuffle like a poker dealer I also swear like a sailor and I keep my cards in a wooden box um, It's all a matter of what feels right and what works for you and I think that's a, a, a good solid message for any spirituality. Um, you can follow a practice a dogma that other people have said works for them or you can just do what feels right
0: you know. And did someone give you your deck or did you go Amazon Prime?
1: Um, My deck was actually gifted to me. Someone Mm. purchased it on Amazon Prime (laughs) Um, (laughs) and sent it to me as a gift. Um, I do have other decks that I have purchased. but they all, they all work the same for me. I don't, I don't buy into that lore. I think it's another one of those gatekeeping. You know, it's 2020. There are teenagers who could benefit from that clarity and that self-reflection that don't have access to people who would support that kind of journey. So by all means, if you need to buy your own deck, if you need to make your own deck out of paper, whatever you need to do to find your connection to your insight that gives you peace.
0: Gotcha. So it's interesting the gatekeeping aspect, and I'm compared almost. I'm thinking like, do so. Some people feel like the cards actually possess or maintain some sort of spirit, and that's why they're so um, treasured by giving back or by being passed along. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Huh.
1: Well, ever. I mean, most people have belief in um, energy of some kind. So like you walk into a room, there's a bad energy in here.
0: There it was again. Motherfucker. All right. And we are now attempting zoom instead of Facebook to talk. Uh, we'll see if we can make it more than six minutes and where, where we left off was the folklore of giving cards and the spirit. Um, the cards actually possessing a spirit or an energy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so people look at their deck as a living thing, the way it's it's hard to describe. Um, but people see it as having an energy, um, the same energy that they see as giving them the message now obviously me me saying they I don't look at it that way I look at it as just a deck of cards um I think the message comes from me comes from you know the cloud the collective what have you I think the the deck is just paper it's just a tool um I have not been one to fall into the ritual, this is how you have to keep it, this is how you have to use it, this is how you have to get it, but there are a lot of people that believe that way, Um, but there are a lot of people that have a lot of beliefs about a lot of things, and I think it's it's very important to be flexible and discerning with those beliefs Mm -hmm. and do what works for you and what feels right, not what people tell you you have to do in order for it to work.
0: Yeah, because like, is there an authority, right? Like if you go to your rule standards of put the Bible out there or you put a um, a doctrine out there that has these laws, these rules, these guidelines. So is there one for tarot reading? A go-to manual?
1: <laughs> no, no. So tarot that makes it really hard a...
0: to say who's <laughs> right, you know, because like, how can you be wrong or how can you be right if there really is no wrong or right?
1: It's, uh, and I often tell people if I wanted to follow a rule book or uh, listen to some old white dude tell me how to practice spirituality, I'd just follow Christianity. <laughs> but <laughs> some,
0: Sunday at nine, that's that's when Jesus is there.
1: <laughs> um, but no, I, there's, so people often look to the Romani travelers and the Irish travelers as the, initial soothsayers right um being Irish myself I tend to follow those Celtic practices but even though I follow very loosely um I am full believer in heathenry do what feels right (laughs) uh but there are some tried and true, like these are traditional spreads, these are traditional interpretations, and what have you, and we just build on those. But it's more of an oral um, tradition of passing down, you know, this is how things work. There's not really a go to literature on the subject.
0: Right? You're just not googling or getting a PDF for, you know, enroll in our course for $49.95 and a PDF will be sent to you with the 12 easy steps to become a tarot card reader. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, you will get those. Those do exist. Uh, they right. are out here in the world. <laughs> God,
0: That's a good point. Um, yeah. Cause that I almost goes to that gatekeeping kind of a thing where they try to monetize something that should be meant for people's wellness. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. I actually, um, like I said, that's why I do it by donation. Um, Because, of course, we all want to get paid for our time. We all want to have this dream of doing what we love and somehow it sustain our livelihood. Um, But at the same time, I don't want to do what I love and what I love doing be... Taking advantage of people in some way, right. so I've tried to find a business model that satiates both sides of my conscience. Yeah, um, and this is what I've come up with so far.
0: Yeah, right. and it's always going to change, right? It always adapts. Um, right. Did you so like? Is there a formal training? Is there an apprenticeship? Do you just go somewhere in a cave? and like live for three months and reflect on this to kind of get that would be pretty
1: sweet actually I think I would (laughs) sign up for that I'm that kind of girl um but (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately no I didn't get to hang out on a cave retreat um I learned through through family through friends um I have an older sister who um read and gave me my first deck and I have um a I call her my gypsy mother. I know that 2020, that word is canceled, but my, um, my traveler mother who is not related to me at all, but is related in the, um, soothsaying practice. And so she's become like my mentor and, um, business partner in this and she's taught me a lot as well but no you just pick it up as you go where you go and what feels right you keep and what doesn't feel right you throw away and then eventually it's 15 years later and you feel like you kind of know something
0: because you got the reps yeah you've said this a couple times and I don't even know how to spell it Uh, soothsayer
1: soothsayer s-o-o-t-h sayer s-a-y-e-r soothsayer is an old word for um fortune teller or um diviner or tarot reader it's somebody that you go to to um seek answers
0: i've never heard it before I, i i really like the way it sounds i just had no idea if i was um Within the context, getting the yeah, right definition of the phrase. It's, suits it's there.
1: someone that is saying things to soothe your yeah right um, yeah anxiety
0: or what have you. Man, do you it's, do you think that's why most people seek this? Is because they're and I I don't know if we generalize again in twenty twenty probably is the wrong thing to do, but I I do get into motivations of people, and is it like an anxiety of what's coming? that leads them to want to know what's coming so they can like have better control, prepare. Yes.
1: Yes. Is that a pretty- so generally it is people come for two reasons. Um, and probably more than that, but <laughs> what I see more than anything is they come because they don't know what's coming yet next and they want some insight or they have a hard choice to make uh. and they want to know which path leads to the better outcome. Um, now, I always tell people, all, all tarot readers might not tell people this, probably not. It's probably against the rules. If it was written down in that book somewhere, I would know this. It's <laughs> not. But I always tell people tarot doesn't predict the future because the future is not set in stone, right? We change it every day with every decision that we make. Oh. So, what I believe tarot does is it paints a picture of your life now, shows you where you're headed in the different areas of your life and where those paths are by likelihood going to take you. But then you do that information what you want to do. So you keep going down those paths confidently because you like where you're headed or you make changes. Um, But ultimately, when it comes to making a decision, you can already see the paths you're just blinded by your own anxiety, your feelings, emotions, um, fear, what have you. And the cards don't have those feelings. So they lay it all on the table, what's in front of you. And then you go, Oh, right. So yeah, I already knew that. Yeah. You already knew that, but it took me telling you and that's fine
0: to like realize and or I enact helped. on it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. That's neat. I-, I like how you said that. The, it- focus more on the present because the future's um, not like predetermined.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people come to, if you've never had a tarot reading before, or you've just seen it in a movie, they think it's going to tell you your future. So I always lead with that. If you're new to tarot, it's not going to tell you your future. You decide your future. This shows you where you're
0: headed. Right. Like a little consequence, consequence flow chart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> absolutely that man that's dude that's uh, that is definitely not what i thought um terror i was i was like terror cards are like just telling you whatever will whatever is going to happen they are revealing that to you and you're um helpless against it so like no matter what you do it is your destiny to partake in whatever actions the tarot cards tell of
1: And a lot of people believe that, and that's my favorite myth to bust, because we don't know what happens next until we get there, and we change it every day with everything that we do, Um, but if you can look clearly at where you're headed, then you can make the decision consciously to continue in that direction yeah. or say, you know what, maybe I take a lift.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And that's, that's gotta be so empowering for someone with um, anxiety or um, apprehension of what's coming up to realize like I could actually be in control. Like I can affect my future. It'd be empowering.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It absolutely is.
0: Do, and you'd said something earlier too, that I had no idea about. This is um has some roots with Irish.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, so like I said, the, the tarot cards as they are now were invented as a playing card game in, I believe it was France 1400s. And it was like another century before it was picked up by travelers for fortune telling for soothsaying for, uh, you know predicting the future or whatever um but the caravans of irish travelers and romany travelers are what brought it through the countries of hi let me stop in your town and make a quick book and tell you about your life
0: ah uh, and then i don't know again if you go stereotype. Cause I noticed how you said that, you're not supposed to say gypsy in 2020, which I didn't realize that either. Um, but then you get those, uh, classic, you see like the children pickpocketing while they're being distracted by the fortune teller mm-hmm. going through their bags yep. and all that. And I guess that would be yep. like the little stigma that goes along with that gypsy, um, name. Mm-hmm. Ah.
1: Um, and the thing is, so gypsy we see as, um, a traveler, right? But um, the term comes from, it's a slur word for Egyptian because the Romani people were travelers. So they travel in caravans through the countries, through the hillsides, and people didn't know where they came from. They thought they were Egyptians. So they Mm -hmm. called them gypsies as a slur. And that's why now people are like, oh, well, we maybe shouldn't use that word. We should call them travelers. Um, but a lot of people don't realize that. So I don't really consider it as offensive for people because it's just an ignorance. You know, we just yeah. see it as a traveler thing. We don't see it as a slur.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, um, I think he posts, um, Thursday or Friday, I had a guy on Jonesy. He's a comedian out in um, LA and, um, I don't want to keep whatever he, I think he had said like uh-huh. tranny. And then he was like, I think I need to say transgender because tranny is a derogatory way to say it, though. I don't have the intent. Uh-huh. And we got into a whole conversation about like the woke words and like the cancer culture, not considering the intent behind the use of the word. Right. And like a lot of times people do use these words. I had no idea. Gypsy is a slur word for an Egyptian. Although when you say gypsy, Egyptian, like, it makes sense. I never uh-huh. thought of it, you know, and it it's, I think that's a really important thing is to, um, with words like this and even talking about sensitive topics, like to some people, tarot card reading the spirituality to just listen and understand and not be quick to, uh, jump on them again. One of those like (laughs) gotcha things I always get, I always get worried. People feel, I don't know why I feel this way, but I always worry that guests will come on and feel like at some point. I'm just going to hit him with a gotcha moment and try to make him look bad, you know? <laughs> so I always like try to over explain that. I don't know why. Um, I probably watched too much of that. Uh, Borat. Do you ever watch um, Sasha Bear yes. yes. Oh my God. <laughs> the way that guy that this is America stuff, man. And the way he was able to dupe so many people, it's it, I don't know why, but it just affected me into like, I'm asking strangers to open up to me. And, could they feel like this could be not that I'm on its level, but like a Sasha Barraconian thing. Like I better over right. like emphasize that I'm okay. <laughs> I'm not trying to set you up.
1: <laughs> well, I think when you put yourself out there, like, you know, we met looking for, you know, this was one of those looking for a connection and we might as well have met on Craigslist. It's fine. <laughs> but you go in not knowing what to expect. So I think it's uh kind of buyer beware if I'm going to go on anywhere and tell people about my life, I expect to get what I get in return.
0: Mm. Now, did you do, um, like a tarot card? Would would you do a tarot card reading for something like this coming on a podcast? Or is that just like a waste of time? Can you like,
1: so, um, full disclaimer, I'm going to tell you, I really don't read cards for myself very often. (laughs) Um, I read cards every day for other people. um, And I think it's given me that, you know, I don't need to know. I just go, I just live. Um, When I go through significant transitional moments in my life, I'll pull cards Um, but for the most part, I don't, I just, you know, have faith in, in my, my journey. I'm confident in my journey, but I think tarot has helped me get to that point where I don't feel like I need to rely on it.
0: Right. That's something I didn't think of either. Can you like, is that practice to actually read cards for yourself? Or you would think like, doesn't your spirit have its own kind of bias and struggle and you need this medium that has like a fresh perspective, to kind of lay yes. it out. So I was like thinking the internal bias and in interpreting would be kind of weird if you were reading for it yourself.
1: Is. Um, it's very difficult to read for yourself. Um, some people are better at it than others, but most people will agree that your feelings and your biases get in the way of that clear precise reading so you know I have trusted friends that are readers that I'll go to and say will you pull some cards for me
0: Um, um, what was the last decision or what was the last moment that made you feel that way that you sought out your friends to do that
1: um I went through a divorce actually I um got married and started building this life. And then I was, I, I kind of had this wake up call one day, but you know, I've I've been building this life and now it's kind of not really the life that I was looking to build. Um, what should I do about it? And I pulled some cards for myself and then I had some, some, some friends pull for me neutrally as well to compare, um, you know, the, the reading based on feelings and emotions versus neutral parties, um, and ended up leaving that marriage and starting completely from scratch. So I did consult a few people <laughs> before I, <laughs> I left on that one. Um, but yeah, it did really help me gain kind of a clear view of, of what I was dealing with outside of just the feelings and the um, humanness.
0: Right. Know. Dude, the valid, that's, uh, that's again, God, another thing I didn't think about is like, um, that's interesting to have two to three or different people lay out some tarot cards and see if they actually match up to like validate. It's almost like data points plotting, you know? Yep. And it does, and it can kind of work like that, huh? You're like, oh my God, if three different people are seeing the same thing, then it's just that much more affirming.
1: Yeah, and then then you swear at the sky or something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Curse the ground. (laughs) Strike your trident. Um, What was so was it just like the typical? You were on path of like an American, stereotypical white picket fence, PTO mom kind of a life that was unfulfilling, or
1: yeah. um, So I went through a a bunch of loss um, very rapidly and moved to upstate New York to start fresh. Um, I did a kind of lifetime movie, only what I could fit in my car, 600 miles up the coast, sleeping on the couch of a stranger, um, starting fresh with nothing. And met someone who was also in a position of starting over. And we started this hustle of, okay, we've got to get our lives together, get jobs, get an apartment, um, built this life up. And it was very removed socially. It was very closed off. Um, It was very withdrawn. It was very codependent. Um, So we established a life, um, but it was a very bland, um, boring life for me. And being somebody that now I am in an aerialist in the circus and I read tarot and I'm <laughs> in a homosexual relationship. So it's a far contrast from the nine to five um, build a American dream life that I kind of did.
0: Oh, and so was that with a man then? Yes. Oh, wow. That is lifetime movie ish. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I would would be. I would. I could do a series. It
0: would be good. Oh my gosh! Do you? Was part of it part of the unhappiness or part of the unsettled? And I shouldn't put the words. You can correct any words that I say if I misspeak. Was part of it the fact that you're homosexual and you're with a partner, a heterosexual partner? Is that no?
1: No, I'm bisexual. Okay. Um, that's never been a, an issue for me. Um, it wasn't about gender, but it was a very traditional life. I, um, like played worship music in the church and had Sunday dinners with the family. And it was just very routine. And I'm not, if you, if you can't (laughs) tell, I'm not that, I'm not that person.
0: Wow. That dude, that's amazing to me. So early on, in your younger years, life, not that you're not young now, <laughs> um, early on, you're kind of around this spiritualness with the Tara, you, your sister, your mother, people are coming over and you do this pivot to upstate New York and go church wife
1: uh-huh,
0: and uh-huh. then back to the Tara.
1: Yep. Well, I've always been you know, spiritually seeking right? and in that time in my life, I was very vulnerable And starting fresh, my partner at the time was and is Christian and is involved in church. Um, And it wasn't hard for me to translate, like, I believe in something to connecting that and calling that God. And I just don't call that God anymore. Um, But it wasn't a leap to connect. No, My struggle was with the the structure and the other beliefs that are required. And that's why I, I reverted back to heathenism.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think like the spirituality, as far as um, transferring it, it's almost like if you know how to be a server or a bartender, you can kind of take those skills and the restaurant, yeah, there's a little thing here and there about the menu, how you mix a drink, but on the totality of it, the skills just transfer. So, mm-hmm. the, the difference It's like
1: I play guitar and stringed instruments. I have several. If you can play guitar, you can kind of play the bass, right? you can pick up the mandolin, you can pick up a the banjo. They're all stringed. Yeah.
0: Cause, and it's funny that all these religions and spiritual practices really have some very universal facts that make it very easy to understand what to do. Um, even regardless of like language, you can figure out what to do. Um,
1: and I love that. And I now consider myself an omnist. Um, I think all religions are valid. They all hold some universal truth and they all get some things wrong. Um, But I think they all, we're all pleading to that same cloud or that source or whatever in our own ways. And I don't think any of those can be invalidated unless they invalidate each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I was reading about um the Comanches. And it was funny because the Comanches weren't very spiritual until they figured it helped them in some way. But on totality, they just like they kind of just liked to party and they kind of just liked what they were, but they were more pragmatic. And I feel like a lot of times with religion, if people can look at it more in that pragmatic way, of do your beliefs kind of help you just to be a good person. Like, I think we can all kind of just know what a good person is. And if the answer is yes, it's like, cool. Then be with that belief system.
1: Yeah. <laughs> appreciate yeah. If you being that's a good how person. you have to do it, then do it that way. If this and, angle works for you, do it that way. Yeah.
0: And it's funny because just reading about the Comanches who were warriors, they were just so indifferent. Like they didn't care about your religious beliefs. They were just like, is it working? Cool. Are you are you against yeah, us? Yeah, killing but it. We're going to have a problem. <laughs> yeah, it was just such a basic, simple way to live. It didn't overcomplicate their power structures and hierarchies weren't there. You could like swap tribes and it's not a big deal. And then like you think about some people like, the pressure that a Christian can feel just changing a church, <laughs> and it's like, why? Yeah. Why do you feel Let that? Kind alone, of if you pressure? go from
1: Methodist to Presbyterian, I mean, or God forbid, Pentecostal.
0: Yeah, oh, you God. know,
1: <laughs> that's a whole thing.
0: Yeah. Did you were you ever, guilted, or did you go through a part of guilt when you went when you got into the Christianity because of the Tara past, or like the spiritual past, or no? Yes.
1: Yeah so it was very, um, frowned upon to discuss that out loud, to discuss my sexuality out loud. It was all very like, okay, you're going to be who you are, but keep it quiet. Um, which was difficult for me. I'm like, okay, you know, I, in my heart have found a way to, um, let my belief and my existence coexist and not invalidate one over the other. Why can't the rest of the world? And I think that's why it was very short lived for me because, you know, how can you subscribe to a system that tells you that who you are intrinsically is incorrect.
0: Gotcha. So, and again, not being overly ignorant, just trying to get the understanding. So you're, bisexual at this time with this man like he knows you're a bisexual going into this relationship. Right. Yes. Yeah man, that's a hard sell in a church and then especially if you're yeah. like some pagan yeah, card I... reader on top of it, <laughs> right? Wow. That's...
1: I uh, am I'm a diff- difficult one to bring home to mother. I'm going to be <laughs> it,
0: it would depend on the mother though, right? Right? I mean like Yeah, it
1: would... but it's part of my charm. It's part right? of
0: my charm. Wow. Yeah, that, that... It's kind of interesting to me that even despite all that, I wonder if it's like the, we're going to pray the blank out of you mentality. Oh, Oh yeah. Was it?
1: Yeah. There was some of that.
0: Yeah. How wide was the circle that knew about your past and your present Um, at the time?
1: (laughs) Um, in New York, yeah, two or three people, my ex-husband included my ex-husband. I had a sister up there. Um, and her partner that that's probably the extent of who was aware of who I truly was at my core.
0: You know? Gotcha. Man. Yeah. That's, and then you just go to this church and I'm sure you're feeling like this, not only guilt, but that's almost like hypocrisy of just yep. not being true. And yeah, no wonder, man, that would, that would eat me up for sure.
1: And it's funny cause I never felt like hypocrisy in myself because to me, um, being able to connect to that source energy, to that God energy was a one-on-one relationship connection. So the perception of a preacher or a congregation or what have you, and their imposed beliefs on my connection with that source are just their beliefs. But I never, somehow, now looking back on it, I was... I'm thankful that I never let that I never internalized that and made it feel like I was wrong.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess I'm thinking about just me as an internalist. Like it would, if you're trying to fit in, um, without being you, I don't know. Like that's just, that just makes it a very hard wake up. It makes it a very hard car ride. It makes it a very hard (laughs) day in the pew to be like, I know it's almost like this weird inauthentic ritual at this point, which completely defies the whole point of spirituality and beliefs, you know? And um, And
1: I think to understand that, you really have to know me personally, as a person, being, you know, spiritually diverse, and sexually diverse, and all of these other things, I, my entire life, adult life, at least, have felt like I've lived in defiance, like, so I'm, okay, this is who I am, this is what I believe, and so there's this very overt um, having to state my presence, having to demand space um, so it was a different transitioning into a church setting to still do that yeah. but more quietly and passively. so I didn't have to overtly scream okay, this is how I live this is what I do um, but you know internally hold that you know I'm not going to let anyone take. A part of me. I'm still going to be me. No one's going to invalidate me as a human and keep that inside. I really think it shaped me as a person. Right. Hmm. Um, you have, it has to, right? Or yeah. you, you start to internalize those things and go, maybe I am wrong. Maybe this part of me is bad or what have you. So you kind of have to pick a side of, I'm going to stand in defiance of the culture and be who I am, or you start to let it seep in
0: did like, did he know it was over or did you go super extreme lifetime and you just left and you did the note?
1: (laughs) Um, so he knew it was over the day. I was like, Hey, I don't think we're going to do this anymore. And then I didn't have any real friends or a social circle up there. So I left and stayed with a coworker, um, and slept on a coworker's couch for like two weeks
0: just that blunt, huh? Hey, man, not doing
1: it yeah. anymore. Yeah. Hey, hey, I've made a decision. You want to hear about it? <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. Oh, is that dinner time? Is that like pillow talk time? Is that first thing you're just sitting there at the table, waiting with a cup of coffee for him to come out the bedroom door, and you're like, "Hey, man, I'm out."
1: I think that was after dinner. God. Um, like, all right. So, you know, that was a good meal no let's uh (laughs) let's talk about something else
0: (laughs) i got a full belly um how was he with it like did he accept it or try to fight back for it
1: uh initially he took it pretty rough um we are now what i would consider friends um long distance casual friends we've messaged here and there we've there's been healing he now sees more that i was headed just in a different direction And then he was, and I think now he understands that and we can be cordial.
0: Yeah. Right. Cause you wouldn't want to be in a relationship with someone that at their core is just unhappy and not them. Like it would just be such an unfulfilling relationship and it would bring such bad energy to that relationship.
1: Right. I think at first he took it as like, you know, he had done something wrong or he needed to do more or he needed to do things differently. Like it was an attack. Yeah. But I think over time, he came to realize that it was just headed in a different direction. Um, and for us to both be happy and exist and have the lives that we wanted, we had to part. Right. Um, but now I think we are on those terms where, okay, we can be friends and be headed in different directions and wish each other well.
0: How long ago was it? Um, two years ago. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a good amount of time. That's a couple seasons to kind of give you time to reflect and think. And what were you, so man, God, you, you left, go to New York. Now you left and now you're on a couch for two weeks in your thought process. What's your mind like at night when you're trying to go to sleep, just like four bottles of red wine deep. And you're just like. (laughs) I Angry actually plotting. was,
1: um, because my ex was in recovery is in recovery. I was sober at the time. So it was just clear mind. All right. We're just never going to sleep again. There's no lay here and watch always sunny in Philadelphia and think about our <laughs> life choices <laughs> that brought us to this point.
0: Yeah, that's man. Cause that is, it. gotta be, or maybe I'm wrong, but to me, like it would be just emotionally daunting and overwhelming to, try to figure out life in that kind of state in that environment I guess
1: again I I fall back to if you knew me as a person it would make more sense I have
0: just an adventure for it
1: all and started with nothing right a couple of times in my life now I'm contemplating writing a book encouraging doing just that if you're not happy with your life throw it all away and start over again and see where it takes you, you know, never just okay I'm already invested I've already got this I've already got this this life is built up around me so there's nothing I can do you just follow the course if you don't like it throw it away start fresh cabula rasa clean slate you know um, mm-hmm. it's always an option and it doesn't always have to be that extreme you can scrap one part you can replace this with this and see what happens. But it's never so concrete and set in stone that you just have to follow the path that is in front of you.
0: Yeah. I mean, that is, that, that is a good point. People can like get very stuck and not realize that it's, um, it can be easy. It's fu- so like, just in talking with people in my life, sometimes like coworkers will be like, but w- what will they say? I'm like, who are you, who's stopping you from an action? They Well, well who's the, they, or well, well." You know x okay well what would happen if they do say that well i'll get in trouble okay well what will that trouble mean I'll, I, I don't know like you'd get spoken to you'd get reprimanded do you, do you get fired do you die like like what is this what, what, what is this they that has all this power over you that hasn't happened yet and then if they actually have the power what is the consequence And I guess what you're, I think of that because like, sometimes people can almost feel the same way in life about being unhappy. And they're just like, it is what it is. I can't do anything. It's like, "No, you probably can do a lot more than you think, but there's something holding you back from doing.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's going back to tarot. That's a lot of what I do in those readings is, you know, people will come with that, that desperation that, you know, I can't make any changes to my life what do I do? What, what can I expect? What's ahead of me? You know, how can I, I'm just lost. I'm just stuck. And so you lay it down on paper in these nice little concise images of this is what we're dealing with. This is where you're headed. If you continue on this path, these are your options to make changes and then you decide what to do from there. But it gives you more control of, okay, I can see, where I'm headed. I can see my options. I can see all the exits,
0: right? Yeah. The visual has to be like the little pictures have to be so helpful. <laughs> <laughs> People love pictures. People love pictures. <laughs> it's like a meme, a fortune meme.
1: <laughs> fortune memes. Yes. That's what that's, I'm going to switch it. I'm going to call uh, it
0: that. fortune now. memes. It's just the new 2020 way to get your fortune read <laughs> fortune memes.
1: It's um, funny. I'm actually working on a, a, a deck. Myself right now, me and um, a partner, we are creating a learner's deck, which apparently doesn't exist. I don't know why, Um, but it has simple imagery and then notations for different meanings behind the card so that you don't have to have a um, book or mentor or what have you to teach you. You can learn as you go.
0: Oh yeah. So that's something I don't know either. Some of the images on the cards and I can't remember all the only example I can remember is the king or the, the joker, or is that just a basic deck of cards that I'm crossing into?
1: There are Kings in tarot. There are okay. not jokers.
0: Got you. So then I guess stick with the King. So there's a variety of King images within the tarot cards that you can come across. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Really? There's a king
1: for every suit, just like a a regular deck of cards. And then, like I said, there's also the major arcana where there's the emperor and empress and the high priestess and the pope, those big archetypes. Um, But for those cards, there will be imagery. So like the high priestess is about femininity and spirituality and intuition. And so there will be um, doodles basically to kind of lean towards those meanings. Um, and the deck that I am in the process of creating also has text notations of this is, you pull this card, it's speaking to your intuition or your femininity or your connection to source or what have you.
0: Got you. And then the images themselves, you were saying are more simplistic. Cause I guess I'm trying to understand that as well. Like the intricacies of the doodle within the image?
1: So in the traditional tarot, they are basically paintings. Okay. The deck that I am creating is more minimalistic sketch um, with just insinuation of what the card means to make it easier to learn and more accessible.
0: Gotcha. And how many cards do you have to create? Is there a set number 78, 78 cards in a tarot deck, man. I had no idea. It's just, you (laughs) you just, it's, you just seem so it's not, not spiritual. It's not like, I want to say just not basic, but like real. (laughs) <laughs> with your explanation
1: that's my whole goal so that's like, beautiful that you said that right? i don't want to be like yeah, right? and inaccessible and mysterious like most people see tarot yeah. as this mystical under yeah. the moonlight in the the darkness um exactly. you know getting kind of a vision and answer I want it to be every day on the table you know clear this is this is what it is this is how you can do it too you know it's not any thing that I I went into a cave for three months and I came out and you can't do it
0: yeah. after, <laughs> after your trip to Peru for some ayahuasca then you come yeah. back as the shaman with this spiritual spirit inside of you do, Correct. do people ever get, like, upset that you're not that? <laughs> like, somebody asks you to do a reading, and they're like, well, you are just very real and authentic. Where's the showmanship?
1: <laughs> There's no woo-woo here. There's no uh, pizzazz. Yeah. No, actually, I haven't gotten that. And I've not thought about it until this moment, but I'm kind of surprised. Um, I think that it's it's very possible that people could feel that way because of the way it is portrayed in media. And, you know, you go in expecting this mystical experience, but you know, from my presentation, from my tone, from meeting me, I think you kind of get before you ever book that I'm going to be down to earth and straightforward. And I think people need that just as much, if not more than what they think they need
0: yeah man and does it always kind of go well or do you reveal stuff and people freak out
1: um i people don't freak out i get a lot of criers Um, (laughs) (laughs) um because people do expect just like a Lighthearted, whimsical. Um, okay, so this is how you're feeling, and this is what, whatever. Um, but I'll often pull cards and be like, Okay, you want to see a magic trick? It looks like your husband doesn't like you anymore. (laughs) Um, and so it will take a dark turn really fast because I don't sugarcoat it, I just read what comes up. And if it's you know, you're in a dark place or you're headed to a dark place, then I'm gonna tell you that. But luckily I gave you the disclaimer to begin with that you can make changes. You're not doomed to a certain fate. Things might suck right now, but we can make an action plan to get you out of that suckery and mm. into something that you might actually enjoy. You have options.
0: Gotcha. It, and I'm also wondering too, just like from a town point, cause I was thinking about this um, with the, the church aspect moving around is it weird? Are, are you ever met with any kind of weird glances, apprehension from town people, city people that you're living in based on doing this?
1: I get weird looks for all kinds of reasons. I don't <laughs> even know if it's true. <laughs> for that anymore. Um, no. When I moved to New York, I moved to, um, it was a city, but it was more, uh, it was a smaller city. Um, And they were more rural and reserved. So there was a little tension, a little pushback there. Um, The city that I am in now, I am in um, Durham, North Carolina, right next to the Capitol. It is more progressive and contemporary. Like I said, I joined a circus gym, so they don't really care what I do (laughs) do here. They just ask you your pronouns and they're like, okay, that's cool. You're nice. And then they just keep it, keep it moving.
0: Oh, man. See, I wouldn't have thought that. You know, you think South, you think Southern, like staunch. Um,
1: right. And then you would think North, New York, liberal, yeah. but you get into the further North you go in New York. It's like Florida, but opposite. It, right. It's like the Northern Florida and this, uh, the Northern New York and the Southern tip of Florida swap places. <laughs>
0: How do you wind up in Durham? Or is that like your hometown you are from around there? Cause I mean, you definitely have the accent.
1: Um, I'm from a small town, North Carolina, a couple hours from here. Okay. I moved here for more opportunity and to be closer to my now girlfriend and just start somewhere fresh.
0: Oh, so late night you're scrolling through Tinder or whatever and you come across her and then all of a sudden you move down.
1: So she's actually from my hometown. Oh, no so, way. um, uh, a quick meet cute. I moved back from New York and, uh, moved back in with my mother until I could get back on my feet. Um, it was a couple, I was there for a couple months. It was right around Christmas and she was down cause she's from the same hometown. Um, She was down visiting her family, and we matched on Tinder. We went to the same high school. (laughs) So it was Tinder.
0: Check that out.
1: We were never friends. We knew all the same people, ran in all the same circles, never hung out, never came face-to-face, ended up being friends on social media for no reason, just had mutual friends, never talked, never hung out. Eight years of friends on social media, um, and then we end up, back in the same town after being several hundred miles apart from each other at the same time and match on Tinder.
0: And excuse the ignorance for this. Um, but I, I hadn't thought about this either. So is there like the on Tinder, if you go on, can you be like looking female, looking for female and then that just shoots you down that filter?
1: Um, yeah, so Tinder, being me being bisexual, I will give you this insight. Tinder is the only dating app that I've come across so far that lets you um, be interested in men and women at the same time.
0: Oh, okay. And then other so, dating
1: apps require you to pick one, and I think that's rude.
0: That you know that actually, and <laughs> well, and especially with fluidity, and um, I've had to go through um, a couple. Just a couple different trainings and then speaking on this podcast, hearing from different people, how fluid, um, sexuality and desire can be and how woke everybody's getting, you would think that would be an easy fix, right? Cause like it could be as basic as like Thursday night. I feel like man, Friday night, I feel like a female and like, right. I just want, I just, you know, I, I just Saturday, I don't know how I'm gonna feel. Let me drink, let me grab another drink and see. And like, it would, it would be.
1: Sundays, we hate everyone.
0: (laughs) Sundays Sundays are orgy days. (laughs) 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 But like, you would think that would be an easy, like fix for companies to like be more progressive, I guess is what I'm getting at, you know, in a simple way.
1: Yeah. And there are more, you know, obviously I'm not on dating apps now, but there are more coming out. There's like Bumble and Hinge and, you know, other apps that I haven't tried that may be Um, allow that have heard that plea and made changes.
0: Now, did you know, is your girlfriend bisexual? She's a lesbian. Okay. So did you know that kind of, um, growing up or were you shocked to come across her on Tinder in that way?
1: Um, I knew that she was gay um, we'd been friends on social media for several years. Oh, okay. She saw me had married to a guy and in church and just didn't question it. And then she saw me and she was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think you were in this state. And now I'm very confused.
0: Oh man. So where'd you guys meet up? Like, is there like um, a local little bar that you guys go to a karaoke thing, a jukebox, slow dancing? I mean, how did it, how'd you get your groove on?
1: Um, Well, she's from, she is, was living in this area, Raleigh-Durham, so I, um, she was just down for that weekend um, to visit family, so I ended up, for us to meet, had to commute an hour and a half to meet her the first time, and then every other weekend would come up to visit until eventually I was like, you know what, I'm just going to find a place.
0: Right. Oh, dude, that's awesome. That it, um that worked out for you like that. That's, man, you talk about the tarot cards and the variables of the future and thinking about, I mean, you were laying it out there, right? Like she happened to be coming back. I happen to have gone through all this and be at my mom's. We both happen to be on the Tinder app at the same time. Like there's so many variables that can lead to um, interactions. You know, it's interesting. And
1: that's why I tell people. You don't know. I mean, you can come to me for direction and I will help you absolutely with your direction. But I cannot tell you where your life is going. I can't even tell you where mine is going. It changes every day.
0: And how does your girlfriend, is your girlfriend like a Terra like believer or is she into this? I don't even know what to, I feel stupid saying Terra believer. <laughs> like the, the Tara card aspect, she's into this.
1: So she um when we met and Steele will say she is a firm absolute atheist.
2: She doesn't believe
1: in in um a god or whatever. Um now have I done many tarot readings with her in the room and she's like, holy shit (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Does she have an answer? No. Um, so I would say she is, um, believing the verdict is still out.
0: Gotcha. So that's interesting to me too. You go from, and I don't want to oversimplify it or anything like that, but you go from Christian partner to atheist partner. And it seems like the atheist partner is the more accepting of your beliefs than the Christian partner was, which would be completely contradictory to Christianity being accepted (laughs) right
1: (laughs) but you're absolutely right and I will say my ex-partner he himself was very open Um, he was like you know you you connect in your own way I'm not going to invalidate that so he himself I will say just in case he does ever listen back to this podcast I will say he was supportive but being in a Christian family Christian community he was the only one
0: um yeah, they tend to get a bad yeah. rap like that.
1: Right. Um, so everybody else was like, no, absolutely not. That's you know, of the devil and whatever, um, this, that, and the other. So it was very close-minded in the community. For her, she's she, there's no basis for like you can't do this, <laughs> you can't believe this. It's just, oh, that's not you know, where I'm at, you're welcome to do whatever you want. So, there's no rule book it, on
0: it. I've actually spoken to one other, oh man, I forget what she calls herself agnostic now. She was, she referred to herself and I loved it. Um, her name's Lauren, she's in Toronto. It was, uh, she called herself the angry atheist, where like Ooh. if people started talking about it, like their beliefs for some reason it bothered her and she would just challenge him immediately. They're like, prove it. Tell me there's a God. And she was like, she, she was like- she Oh, would, there's
1: a God, show him to me. Yeah, be.
0: exactly, right? Why don't you jump off that cliff after God save you? You know, and like, <laughs> for some reason it entertained her. Then she realized like, you know, that's kind of a bitchy dick way to be, man. I, I'm not gonna be it. So I'm just gonna be more agnostic where I just kind of think about things and I'm open to it. I'm not acknowledging that there is and I'm open to it. So I, I guess all that to say I was wondering how your girlfriend um responded because I do think some atheists can get very like their belief is there is no spirit guiding and they, they want to okay. like hold firm to that and they want to make sure other people think that way as well. So I was curious about yeah, that. Yeah.
1: I would say that when we met, she was probably more leaning towards not aggressive, not hostile, but firm. Atheist, and I think now she still considers herself that, but is more open and welcoming, and you know, know, see what comes up, see what happens, um, hold the verdict for a a later date. Right.
0: And (laughs) so, what was it like moving back with mom? How old were you moving back with mom, if you don't mind sharing?
1: Um.
0: 28. Yeah, I was I was thinking kind of that age range in my head. What was that like? How's that long drive <laughs> to go back home to live with mom? No so big deal I... like you guys are buddies or you were just regretting every mile marker as you got closer. <laughs> is a fair question
1: so (laughs) let me paint the picture for you I move up to New York with a little um, two-door Mustang and just what I could fit in that car right I start my life fresh I'm there for almost five years Um, and then in true uh, artistic fashion I leave the same way I entered with just what I could fit in my car. Cause you're not making a couple trips back and forth to New York to okay. get your shit. Right. Yeah. So I'll throw just whatever's important, my clothes, my instruments, my deck in, in the car and hit the road again. And so I'm driving back down the East coast, um, completing the cycle, right.
0: Symmetry. Um,
1: yeah Uh, and you didn't you didn't take a different route it is nope same road um (laughs) it is freeing it is terrifying it is emptying visceral guttural feeling of um a i've completed this phase because I started something it's been five years and I ended it
2: mm. but
1: also b I am you know there's no plan ahead of me there's no you know I left my job I didn't have a, another job lined up yet so um it's just like empty blank clean slate in front of me that I can make anything out of but also there's nothing already prepared ahead of me um and then again, you know, almost 30 years old, going back home to my mother, who I have a very good relationship with, um, but still it's my mother. And <laughs> as an adult, you're like, I want my own space and home, and I don't want to feel like a child going into my 30s, right. um, but I went home and had my own space, my I. Mom and stepdad were very welcoming, loved having me there. And I made a declaration to, you know, I'm giving myself six months (laughs) or I will yeet myself off of a canyon or something. Just, I'm not doing it. Six months. I'm not going into my thirties living at home with my mother. (laughs) So, um, I gave myself a, a sharp timeline of this is how long you have to get back on your feet and do something else.
0: Are you are you like a really good budgeter? Do you have good financial um, principles?
1: Uh, no, absolutely oh. not. I'm really good at winging it.
0: Man. Yeah. See, so I was wondering, are you like the number cruncher? Like you're sitting there and you're like six months because if I can make a blank amount of money, an apartment costs blank and I can only spend blank, but you're like completely the opposite. You just like, ah, oh, man, let me figure out how to make a couple grand.
1: <laughs> Correct. And here we are.
0: <laughs> That's awesome.
1: I just moved into a really nice apartment with my girlfriend. My business is doing well. I don't know how I got here. I wish I could give like a really good nugget of advice yeah. of this is what I've learned, but really just like wing it and hold on and <laughs> be yeah. positive.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that might be it. And cause stuff like that doesn't sell, but if you had the 10 steps, right, that's again that people at the gate or people making money off of something they shouldn't be trying to advertise like they have the way. And honestly, like there probably is no way, there's no singular way, I guess would be the better way to say it.
1: I think it's just have, have an idea and go that way and and keep going. And then if you don't like the, the idea, get a new one and switch directions. Um, I don't think it has to be any more complex than that. Like you started this journey with this podcast, you had an idea and you just keep going until you're 50 episodes deep or what have you. And you've established something, you
0: know,
1: it starts from just an idea and direction and having faith in that direction.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's funny not not to make it like about the podcast, but I think it's somewhat similar where you have that idea and then you also have to just see what's taking shape and then just roll with it. And if it, and if it goes, it goes like if I can make money off of this podcast, that'd be awesome. Um, if I don't, then it'll end when I can no longer afford to spend my free time on it um, because it's just time consuming. And like either way, that's OK, right? Because it's been just pretty neat going through it to see if I could do it and to see what it would become. You know, that, that's kind of the more enjoyable part. It's not really like, oh, man, when I get to 200 episodes, it's going to be the greatest because mm-hmm. then you miss the whole journey. You know, you don't get to be present.
1: And I think you touched on something really important there that a, you have a direction, you have a path. Okay. This is, this is what I want to work towards. This is what I want to work on, but it's not rigid. It's not set in stone. It's adaptable. That way you aren't disappointed or defeated when you have to take a left or a right or, you know, change things up a little bit, let things evolve.
0: Yes. Organically. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. Cause and I'm going back now to me picturing you on a couch, drunk, scrolling through Tinder with an Excel spreadsheet calculator out trying to budget, which was half right, half wrong. Um. Yeah, yeah. That's
2: pretty close. <laughs> I mean, just... but,
0: but like, if you would have set that goal of, I need 350 by Friday, every Friday for the next six months. And then one Friday comes and it'd be the same thing as the podcast. Like every time I post an episode, it's like, I need 38 downloads by this time or else I'm a failure. And when you uh-huh. put that goal, that pressure, and you don't reach it, it might have been unrealistic. You don't know why you didn't reach it, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're a failure because who's really putting that goal on you yourself? Well, if you can put it Absolutely. on you, you can take it off of you. You know, and that's why I admire the, the winging it way because it, it allows you to enjoy the journey without feeling the pressure of meeting like a goal or a deadline. Um, it's a very liberating way to um, think. It's a great mentality. Um, um
1: and you know I've tried to um early on in this business start that um like okay I need to book x number of readings and I need to advertise to get you know, x number of new clients this month that way I can scale in a physical way which is nice it's good to have goals yeah. but then if you set your goal for you know I need to have a dozen clients um this week and that doesn't fly then you've you've failed a goal but if the goal is always to just grow okay I want to see what I can do to get grow my visibility Uh to see if other people are uh interested and try and pick up visibility this way and it be organic and it be flexible so it's not a defeat it's just a turn.
0: Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's just a process, right? Like no, no gardener gets upset at Mm, a tomato leaf for being on the wrong side. Right. (laughs) Or like the tomato is just 18. The circumference is off by half a centimeter. When I planted this thing, I knew it would be whatever 20, like it just doesn't go that way. And it's funny that people put that on themselves so often and then it makes whatever they're trying to do. It takes the passion out of it because then it's like just accomplish It's meritocratic. It becomes accomplished based Mm -hmm. rewarding and it shouldn't be, it should just be way more enjoyable.
1: And that's one thing I I often tell, you know, I have several clients that I repeat this to, um, you know, don't add to your situation, be it heartache or loss or whatever. Don't add to your already daunting pile of emotions and feelings by throwing guilt on top. Uh, I should be here or I shouldn't be here or, you know, I should be feeling this or I should be in this place in my life. Don't add guilt on top because that's just your, your thing that you're throwing in to make it heavier. It's heavy enough. Deal with it as it is, but don't make yourself feel like trash for being where you are. You are where you are because that's where you are. You're human. This is part of your path.
0: I wonder how people get there. And I'm actually wondering this too. Did you wind up going to college out of high school? Uh,
1: uh, yeah. So I actually went to school for uh, substance abuse counseling.
0: No way. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And is that like a, a, like an associate's degree, a master or a bachelor's degree, or what's the, what was the schooling like?
1: It's like an associate certification.
0: Gotcha. And did you wind up completing it?
1: Um, I didn't do my field work because I was working. So I finished the, the coursework,
2: gotcha. um,
1: but there's the the physical practice that had to, that was another thing that I was doing in New York, but I was working yeah. full time and couldn't work for free as an intern yeah. full time while I worked for t- full time. Hello, American dream.
0: No doubt, man. It, it It's so odd how they, not only is it working for free, you're actually working in debt because you're paying them to let you work for free.
1: Correct.
0: Which is, uh, it's such a, like, I don't think that works with plumbing. I think plumbers, when you're an apprentice, you get paid low money. <laughs> you run back mm-hmm. and forth between the vans, you grab the tools and you learn. Um, and then uh, when you have the skills, you're able to then apply them. But in a collegiate setting, it's like, nah, man, I need you to take three months, six months, one blank amount of hours. You'll pay me the right. Pay me you. ten
1: grand and yeah. then uh quit your job and come do yeah. this grunt it's, work for it, free. It, it's So makes it I so, just yeah. said no. Um took the counseling education that I got right. and became a back alley therapist. Here yeah. we are, tarot Reader.
0: Like I love that back alley therapist thing. <laughs> um it just, it adds to the mystique though. There is no mystique. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause it, man, it just makes it so hard for people to pivot when they're out on their own. Like it'd be easy to do field hours if you were whatever, 21 or 28 and living with your parents. But if you're, right.
2: exactly, but,
0: but if you're out on your own starting a life and all of a sudden you want to like better your um, opportunity in money-making with the American way of getting a degree. It's almost impossible, man. And then Lord help you if you have a child and then you're trying to do field work and work a job. Like you just can't, you can't, you can't ascend.
1: Exactly. There aren't enough hours in a day. Yeah, man.
0: What was college like for you when you were going, Um, were you living at home? Were you staying in dorms?
1: Um, when I was doing that, um, I was,
0: Oh, that's right. You were out in New York. Yeah. I was
1: working and I was doing online schooling.
0: Gotcha. Cause I wanted to picture you as like the kid, maybe going to the dorm or partying with the college people, like the younger kids hanging out with you as this like mystic woman. So it's funny because I've been to
1: college more than (laughs) once. Um, before, before I went to school for substance abuse counseling, I actually went to school as a paramedic and, um, and look, I've been 47 people. I've lived a lot of lives. (laughs) But when I was in school to be a paramedic, um, we went to physical class on the weekends. I would travel out of town, stay for the weekend, do classes, come back and work during the week. Um, And so it was me at 25 sitting outside um, on breaks with my guitar under a tree (laughs) (laughs) talking to the young kid like, Hey, I'm your cool hippie aunt that wants to help people.
0: (laughs) So blood doesn't freak you out then, huh? Like the blood and the juices. Clearly not
1: much does.
0: God, that's. And what happened with the paramedic thing? How come that didn't, or did it work out?
1: Um, So I finished schooling, but I didn't end up going into the field because um, of the emotional drain. Um, So in order to be successful long-term as a paramedic, you have to develop kind of a numbness, right? I
0: imagine. Um,
1: You can't be phased by constant human suffering. Um, And that's not me. I am very empathetic, thus where I am now. Um, so I, I was like, either I close myself off to this feeling or, you know, I take the tools that I've learned. So I now know how to help people. I now can do well in emergency situations, but I don't have to cut myself off from human suffering. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So did that happen during class does that happen during a field experience where you um does this happen under the tree and you just start riffing a song and you realize why am I saying these words I guess I'm not ready (laughs) (laughs) to
1: a degree yeah I mean I went through the schooling and got to the end and got my certification and everything and I was like you know this has been a good experience and, you know, I do well in emergency situations. I think I would be great at this. But over the course of learning all this, I kind of realized that, you know, there are going to be situations where there's a kid in a car that's on fire and you can't go in the car because mm. you will catch on fire. Right. So there's protocol and you just have to watch somebody suffer. And like, there's these situations where it it's, you either... Go numb, or you go crazy,
0: man. Yeah, it, it it's it's almost like the, why the cops drink, right? The detectives. And I have, I'm
1: blessed to have a lot of close friends who are in the field. Um, who, you know, I had these very important conversations with, and I don't regret the schooling at all. I'm very glad that if some if, if I see a wreck on the side of the road, I, I feel confident that I can pull over and help until somebody comes, Right. but I don't have to go to 14 wrecks a day.
0: Yeah. No, what, what a grind of a day. Right. I mean, yeah. it's just, um, it's almost like uh, nurses who work with um, children with cancer oncology mm-hmm. wards, right? Like talk about just a emotional grind every day. To just be effective at your job. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that for the paramedics, honestly, either. Um, But that, man, that would be taxing.
1: And I really think a lot of my life has just been gaining awareness and empathy.
2: Um,
1: Being, you know, going to school as a paramedic and then as a counselor and then now dealing with people in vulnerable spiritual moments. It's just, it's really, humbling. And it just gives you this unique insight into the human condition.
0: And another insight, which I don't know why, when you were um talking about perspectives, maybe because um, I had seen on your Instagram, a couple of like pictures of you on the ropes in the circus thing. And I don't know why that popped in my mind when you were talking about perspectives, but like, that's another friggin' neat, interesting kind of culture <laughs> that you seem it to is. be a part of.
1: It is. It is. That's another thing. Uh, When I moved here, I was seeking community and connection and trying to find the tribe. You know, you find yourself and then you find the others. That's the whole goal, right? Ah. Um, So I have done pretty well at finding myself and now I'm trying to find people that feel like me that connect with me and I got pointed towards a circus gym like you know what that's a weird thing I do weird stuff all the time let's try it (laughs) and uh, cut to a year later and it's a passion of you know I did my first performance on trapeze and You know, I've done the aerial silks and the the Lyra and I have friends that juggle and do fire breathing and hoop dancing and everything else. And it's just such a fun and vibrant community to be a part of.
0: Were you, did you grow up doing gymnastics, like naturally playing sports at least or no? No,
1: absolutely not. I am the uh, laziest, clumsiest (laughs) person, I have no athletic quality whatsoever. And I wanted to, you know, I really was just seeking fitness, you know. I'm like, I'm not an athletic person. I, I don't like working out. I don't like cardio. I don't want to go CrossFit, you know. How can I get off of the couch and <laughs> do something with my body and not hate it and not be miserable? Yeah, to you enjoy know it. that's the goal is to not... Not hate running or not hate cardio or whatever. And I just wanted to find something that was enjoyable. And some, my roommate at the time was like, Hey, there's a circus gym up the street. You should try that (laughs) Well, worth a shot. I may hate it. I may get tired of it, but you know, it's something. And then, you know, cut to two months later, I'm going three, four days a week, obviously not now in the middle of COVID, but now I, for the first time in my life, I never thought I would say, I miss the gym. You know, I miss my gym friends. I miss going every day,
0: which right. is weird. No, yeah. Cause it becomes a part of your life, man. You know, it's just yeah. a part of what you look forward to. God, what was that? What was the first thing you had to do? As far as like circus activity, because, and actually, let me ask just so I know the terms. When you're doing the like double, they almost look like curtains or not ropes, but you look like you're, yeah, those are,
1: those are silks,
0: the fabrics. Okay. Those so they're silks. called silks. Mm-hmm. Got you. So yeah, what was like trampoline first day, silks first day, stilts first day, juggling bowling pins? Like what's the first, when you walk in, what are you doing? So,
1: um, the first thing they did was set up, like, a like an obstacle course to run around. And I was like, oh, so I'm going to die in front of all these strangers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to fall on my face, and then they're going to make me leave. Um, but <laughs> so somehow ben. I fared this. It was like a trampoline, and then you had to hop over a thing, and then you jump up with both feet, and you do a skip over here. It was just like a little circle warm-up thing, right? But the first actual circus activity that they had us do was... Um, you know they have the trapeze that's like chest high right and you have to hook your knees on it so you're hanging upside down like okay. on a jungle gym gotcha um, I'm 30 and I can't tell you the last time I have been on a jungle gym so that <laughs> was a sight to behold but when I was able to get my hook my knees on that thing and hang upside down. I was like, okay, maybe I can do some
0: shit here. I got All a right. chance. I got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's dude, But It's almost like algebra. Like people don't realize it can be inactivity can creep up on you pretty quick. Um, in life as you get older, especially. And like that, that's true. Like one's the last time I wonder for listeners, like when was the last time you actually used hand strength on monkey bars?
1: Yeah, I, after you joining the, the circus gym, I got a, a pull-up bar for the house, you know.
0: Oh, good for you. And
1: like, Oh, so we can't even do push-ups or pull-ups anymore. That's a thing we're going to have to learn how to do again. Right.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's something where it really is like you can get into jobs. You're sitting around, you're working, and then you want to relax, so you're watching TV. And even just like going for walks might be like the biggest physical activity when you get – when if you think of a kid dude kids climb bounce hop balance all the time on everything for the most part and then all of a sudden it just like stops when recess ends you know Mm -hmm. Um,
1: and even if you are physically active say you're in construction or what have you um it uses muscles that you don't use every day right so even if you're like okay i'm pretty fit you know i'm play sports or whatever. I think I can do this. And then you go in and you're like, oh, that's not what we do. <laughs> that's not what we do at home.
0: Right. What do you um is there like a particular, I don't know, event? Is that the right word for it? That you enjoy the most?
1: Um, so I am a trapeze artist by nature. It's the yeah. um the pole and it's it's a fixed single point at the top so it spins. Um and it just it's weird that you're like, you know, there are four or five different ways you can get your body up in the air. The silks, the, the hoop, the trapeze, and they all kind of seem difficult or the same, but they're very different in what muscles they use and um, how your body interacts with the apparatus. And you find out very quickly that you just naturally lean to one.
0: And for you, it's the trapeze.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What do you think it is about the trapeze that in your, in your spirit, in your nature appeals to you?
1: I think it it kind of harkens back to the you know, kid on the playground swing. Um, it just, it's simple. And because it's simple, um, you can be creative. You can do whatever, you know.
0: And are you, like, backflipping off of this thing? Are you doing, like, the F- Ringling Brothers flying trapeze? Like, someone's swinging you, and, like, you're flipping, someone else catches you? Am I thinking so about So, I way? don't
1: do flying trapeze. So, I don't do partner trapeze. It's just a standalone, single-point okay. um, trapeze that you hang from and do tricks and flips and spins on.
0: Now, can you, like... With a single trapeze, can you actually do a trick, let go, and get back on it? Is that something? Or do you like do the trick and then land?
1: Um, so it depends on how you perform. There is dance trapeze. There is um, like a showmanship, circus kind of trapeze. Um, but the goal is you get up there and you do a bunch of tricks to a song or two, and then you get down.
0: Gotcha. Um, huh. I had no idea. How, how was your flexibility (laughs) going in? (laughs) Um, very,
1: I learned how to do a split over the course of this journey, uh, which I've never been able to do in my life. Um, But yeah, I was not very flexible at all to begin with. And then I started taking contortion classes, which they also offer
0: at my circus (laughs) gym. Contortion classes. Oh my gosh. So can you get your feet to your face, like from behind your back yet?
1: Uh, to the back of my head. Yeah.
0: Stop.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> Do you ever fuck with people and like read tarot cards by using your toes to flip them?
1: No, but that would be, I, look, I could work that in there. I think that <laughs> might be a niche that I'm missing.
0: Right. Oh my gosh, dude. That's, um, man, to, to me, stretching is like, I, I'm always in awe of like people with flexibility, like people who can sit on the ground and like bring their chest to touch the ground, you know, like yeah. that type of flexibility just blows my mind. I don't know why i I guess I just don't do it enough to like get yeah. Good at and it, again, you know?
1: it I mean to to tie it back, it really does just come down to you know having a direction and continuing in that direction. Right. Um, it doesn't matter where you start. You know, I started with no athletic ability whatsoever, never played a sport in my life, no flexibility whatsoever. Couldn't do a split. Couldn't, you know, bend at the waist and touch my hands flat on the floor or anything like that. And then cut to a year later and I have done my first performance where I stayed in the air for four minutes and, um, I can now do a split. I can now bend over, touch the ground, and things. It's just a matter of going in that direction and not giving up and not um, changing course.
0: Do you have any good, like, oh my God, I almost died moments on this thing? On this journey? No,
1: it's very safe. Um, And especially because they teach you from your. Uh, level of understanding. So Uh, if you go in with no skill whatsoever, your goal is just to get on there and stay on there. Um, and before you learn anything crazy and then with every trick and turn and spin, you figure out where your stability is, where your hold is, where your security is, is it in this foot? Is it in, you know, holding this rope? Um, where is my balance? Where is my stability
0: yeah those those people on the silks man when they spin themselves up and then like unravel and then just stop on a dime Mm -hmm. god i just that's faith right but i guess it's probably probably like no different than like just jumping in the air and landing in a sense where like you know how to control the muscles to make it happen right like in a simple way If I do a burpee
1: and knowing, um, so this fabric is wrapped around my left leg. So if I let go of this, I might spin three times, but it's going to stay, you know, this is what's going to catch me. This is where my weight's going to fall. So it's a lot of physics really.
0: Man, that's so neat. I don't think we have one of those in Delaware. If we do, I don't know about it. And um, if we do, and you're listening, please send me your information, because I'd fucking eat that up, man. That would be such a good time. Bounce around all yeah, that. Yeah, we're stuff. gonna
1: find you a circus gym, absolutely.
0: <laughs> no doubt. Or open one. God, the liability—that's where my mind goes. You can tell I'm just been corrupted with capitalism, because I'm like thinking, like, <laughs> what is the insurance on a fucking circus gym? you know you
1: have to sign a lot of waivers and you have to find a place that you trust so like I said there is really a lot of math a lot of physics like what's the torque on um these fabrics and the um clip that holds these fabrics to the ceiling and the joist in the ceiling can they not only carry the weight but can they um can they handle the drop weight? So like you said, you see people go up to the top and then spin and fall um, three feet and catch themselves. the drop weight is more than the body weight. So you have to make sure that they can handle um, the torque and the fall and the spin as well as, you know, just your 200 pound body
0: or whatever. No. Yeah. I just, man, like I can't, Maybe, and maybe it's because last night I was, again, talking to a guy, run Dave, who's running for governor. Just his, um, his whole premise was like small business and how much it costs to do a small business just before you get to the business aspect. And I was blown uh-huh. away by some of the numbers that he was telling me to like open up a business. And that's exactly – I'm like, who would be able to invest in enough where enough people would sign off on it and then take the time to try to build up a base exactly like what you're trying to do? Build up a base – let it happen organic and enjoy the process and then hope that they can recoup it. Like that would be such a hard startup, but such mm-hmm. a needed one, man. God, it's such a needed business. It sounds like so much fun.
1: So luckily for me, you know, especially being mostly digital right now, there's not really a lot of startup costs. Yeah. Um, and then you think about a circus gym, not only are you paying liability insurance and, Property rent and all of those things, mm-hmm. but the equipment alone. Yep. Um, so for a standalone rig, so it's just like the bare bones of a swing set. Uh-oh. No um, silks, no, um, you know, apparatus to hang from. Just the structure is, I think, at minimum a thousand dollars. and that's for a standalone structure, not a built-in like in the gym from the ceiling structure. Because you've so looked you're to put thinking- one of
0: these in your apartment, obviously.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so they have um
0: like mobile nuts.
1: sets, like like um swing sets that you can take down and like, set up in the park and what have you. Oh no I've way. looked into those and you it's like two two grand to get the apparatus and the um portable structure.
0: Oh wow. Yeah man. And if you're going industrial strength, you know, for your own gym, that's just going to be up there. At cost, God, Lord help people who can figure out a way to make money in businesses. Lord help you, like God bless mm-hmm. you, because it is tough. Just the more luckily, I luckily,
1: the owners for the gym that I go to, they um, previously worked for Google, Oh, wow, uh, and then they have their own business ventures aside from that. So they had the startup, I guess, to create something, but how most people, and especially, usually it's like a performer or what have you that, you know, just passionate, passionate about the art and wants to capitalize on that. So the startup, the investment, the faith that you have to have in yourself to drop thousands of dollars just to get started and hopes that people
0: will come is those, those tarot cards better come up. Right. When I come looking you know, for help. right, We might need three or four <laughs> read-ins. And I might have to come back Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Just to, you know, like, so I'm signing the papers next Thursday. All right. I need six consecutive yeses on six <laughs> different days to make me believe. Because, yeah, that is, dude it is a leap of faith for them. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, Taryn, let me ask you this. And um, I'd like to put people on the spot a little bit as we're wrapping up. So there's going to be basically get ready to tell kind of a cool story. And it's not like a time rush frame or anything, but get ready to tell a cool story. Do you know how my podcasts end? I do not. Ah, I knew it. No one does actually only one shout out, Kristen. She's gotten a bunch of shout outs because she was the only one that was prepared. The podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> the podcasts end with this Taryn. Let me get your best first. For last, we've saved the best first for last. Sponsored by Abstinence, waiting makes it worthwhile. Best first
2: for last. Let your spirit guide you.
1: Hmm. Okay, so I will give you um, the first time I felt like I had really made it
0: oh, as a chair reader. I like it.
1: So, like I said, I've been reading tarot for 15 years, and you know, it started as just, it started just for me. I just wanted to learn it just to connect on my own. It was never about starting a business or reading for other people, it was just a journey that I was on. Um, And my first real event, I found a renaissance fair that was looking for tarot readers on facebook and i was like you know i um, have never read tarot for an event and also i've never been to a renaissance fair (laughs) but we're gonna take a leap of faith today and just see what happens
0: how happy were you when you got the full turkey leg Like the fucking, (laughs) how how excited were you to have those juices drop?
1: (laughs) The brightest day of my life. But so I, I, um, I messaged this lady on Facebook. It was like a Facebook job ad. And I was like, well, you know, I've, I've been reading for years. I am definitely interested. I'll get costume I'll dress up my tent, whatever you need me to do. I'm down. Mm -hmm. And she was sold. She was like, absolutely. Um, these are the dates that you come. This is what you need to do. Um, I was floored that someone had taken a chance on me right. and you know, the, uh, the imposter syndrome kicks in. You're yeah. like, how did they, uh, allow me to do this? What am I going to do with myself? Um, so I, I got a, uh, some, an outfit and some tapestries and whatnot to set up my little booth. Um, there were like five of us tarot readers, and I went every weekend for a couple of months. Oh wow! Um, and we would do fifteen-minute readings um, back to back. You know, they just throw people in the booth,
2: and <laughs> you're getting in and your out, fortune in out. told. In and out.
1: <laughs> um. But, you know, so I had all of these wonderful, very quick moments with people, you know, the stranger sits down, um, says very little you start drawing cards you start talking some people laugh some people cry some people start talking about people that have passed away or their divorce or what have you These very raw and real moments start to come up man uh with these people that are just you know at the fair
0: no doubt um, dude and 15 minutes to like get deep like that that's quick timing talk about yeah. like speed dating
1: Yeah, basically, that's really what it feels like. You're like, oh, nice to meet you. Um, what's going on with your marriage? <laughs>
0: did you did you know that your mother has cancer? And they're
1: like, what? Right. Like right. your son hasn't has some issues going oh on. God. Um, but you just get to these very raw and real moments with people very quickly. Um, and that was wonderful and, and cathartic and very empowering for me and I'm sure for those people as well. Um, but then so there's there's these just little tents essentially in a semicircle and the girl who was in the tent next to me became kind of a friend of mine another reader um so we are towards the end of this fair and um this couple comes up and the young man sits down with me And his girlfriend sits down with the girl next to me. Um, You know, and we've got our curtains up and everything. You can't hear, it's muffled, it's um, a separate booth. But they sit down, and so I do this reading for this young man um, about his new relationship. And it says that, you know, there's a lot of potential there, but he is being overbearing. Mm. Um, and that he might be pushing this young girl away but that there is good potential if he could just rein it back so as not to overwhelm her too early on and you know it goes into his good qualities and this is what would work best for you and you know there's a lot of good things going here if you just you make it work
0: um and Tim Gunn that motherfucker Make it work. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> so I finish up this reading and um, the my partner finishes up her reading with the girlfriend and they part ways. And so immediately we go to each other and we're like, what did they ask you? What did you say?
0: <laughs> you um, gossipers. The tarot like card did... <laughs> reading gossipers. There, where's, but, the, where's the confidentiality?
1: <laughs> well, we just wanted to know. <laughs> did your message think up to mine right? you know are we on the same page
2: yeah, yeah
1: and it was funny we recited almost word for word from both parties she was like um you know i told this girl that there was a lot of potential in this guy that he was just anxious so it was he was being overbearing but things were going to calm down and if she just gave him a chance
0: wow.
1: <laughs> and it was the sweetest like Word for word, like, like we felt like we had done both sides of this service of calming these people's fears, so that that they could further fall into this connection. Um, Man. and they are, I believe, still together. They had reached out to me on my Facebook page. Um, there were a couple of people from that fair that had later reached out to me and they were like, all oh, your stuff. Um, like, I think there was one girl who I predicted um, the gender of her baby and she messaged me several months later. Um, just cool little things like that. But Did that you- couple to this day, like just knowing that we in tandem gave them the same advice to be easier on each other and to accommodate each other's anxieties and quirks. Um, and to, to, to see where that took them. I, it was one of those moments where I felt like you know, I was actually doing something
0: good. Right. Man, dude, that is, dude, that's not eerie's the wrong word, but it's just freaking eerily cool. Right. Like you, you man, word for word. And the reps you got, like, that's awesome, actually. Just the reps of practice of reading in those 15-minute intervals. Like, what good experience to just hone in on how to interpret.
1: And connect with all kinds of people, you know.
0: Yeah, right? God, dude, that was awesome. I did not expect that. (laughs) Well, Taryn, thank you so much for dealing with our initial um, Facebook phone issues, um, (laughs) for giving up so much of your morning and um, for letting us get to know you. It was really enjoyable. I appreciate um, everything you shared and all your time.
1: It has absolutely been my pleasure. I would also like to take this time out um, to apologize to Gwyneth Paltrow. I'm sure
0: she's a very nice lady. Who we blamed. I don't know. I've never met her. So I'm going to, um, I'm going to hold back, um, judgment and I'm going to err on the side of pessimism and say, she's a horrible person. No, I'm just kidding. That would be terrible. (laughs) That would be be terrible to have that kind of opinion. (laughs) but we were actually yeah looking back right it was a little judgy so gwyneth we apologize if you listen please subscribe rate review and follow <laughs> and forgive <laughs> all right taryn hey enjoy the rest of your day have fun unpacking those boxes and um i guess we'll talk to you later
1: all right thank you kindly and right, i've bye. now become an
0: expert on the subject i of- Thanks to Taryn for coming on the pod, sharing her experiences, and making all of us question our futures. And even grabbing a, or at least searching for, Groupons for a tarot reading. Am I even saying that right? Like, the fucking T at the end just really messes with me. I want to keep saying tarot, but it's Terra, even though it's an OT. The, the phonetics blow my mind, much like... If you get your fortune read, your future read, by Taryn, look up her website. She gives it away. Give her a donation. All she's doing is looking to help people. (laughs) Anyway, if you made it this far, Taryn, thank you so much for coming on the pod. And speaking of thanks, thanks to AndrePsyche.com for sponsoring the pod. Please, right now, at this very moment, go to AndrePsyche.com. That is A-N-D-R-E-Y. T S Y C H E dot com and get some trippy merch that's going to be worth checking out. And if you have not already, please friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. The word of the pod. You've all been waiting for it. Destiny. Destiny. Which, if anything, has taught us on this podcast is. We have the opportunity to change. Destiny is the word of the pod. Post that word on any of our social media platforms or tag the pod while you use it on yours and you're going to get a shout out on our next podcast. Also, if you have not already, did you forget? I mean, we told you at the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, review the Getting to Know You pod Whether you you are listening on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Music, whatever, can you give us a little bit of love? And finally, if you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor with or advertise on the Getting to Know You pod, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide-ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your brand or business. All you have to do is message us. Good evening.